Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> oh, no, no, I don't think. I know. <laughs> I think... With, with- with Dan telling me 365 win, this guy's telling me 240, forget it. Well, here here is here is an expert, and we are going to go to our expert. Rick Gates is with us today, and uh, he is fantastic. I, uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of Rick Gates, and uh, I'm so glad that we've got him on today to talk a little bit about uh, the state of the election and, and how things are going. Uh, a campaign analysis basically today by Rick Gates, the Trump 2016 deputy campaign chairman, and uh, with only uh, a few few days remaining in the campaign the fight for the key battleground states will be the central focus until election day and we are joined today by the fantastic rick gates deputy campaign chairman for the trump for president campaign a keynote speaker and analyst for the virtual conference 20 days to save the usa and uh rick joins us today here on the old skip skype the old skype rooney rick thank you my friend thanks for joining me and dangerous dan perkins here and the great iq al rizzoli how are you rick Great. Thank you guys for having me. Really appreciate it. So we just got done uh, wrapping up an interview where we had a guest who was telling us it's a Joe Biden landslide. It's over. Uh, we're done. Uh, maybe we, maybe the Republicans might retain some things, but uh, we, we just better get ready for the next bloodbath, which is corporate Democrats against the progressives. Um <laughs> <laughs> Me and uh, IQ Al Rizzoli, before we got you on, said, that guy was a downer. And so now we've got you, who hopefully is going to pick up our spirits. What, 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 what do you have for us, Rick? Absolutely. I hope to, uh, I hope to you know, bring some joy to your, your viewers and <laughs> listeners. Um, yeah, look, I think, and I, I continue to say this, and I uh, you know, ardently believe it, the polls are wrong. Um, you know, there are so many factors that go into this and you know even people that say oh you know nationally you know trump's down by 10. first of all we all know national polls are a joke they don't prove anything it's a state-by-state race uh and and that's how you win the election it's called the electoral college and you have to win each state to get those electoral votes the polls uh, are not accounting for and look this is what no democrat and frankly even no republican can do they cannot account for what we called in 2016 the trump factor And that is simply the silent Trump vote. Those people that say they're going to vote for somebody else, they go into the poll and they vote for Donald Trump. I mean, it it really is. And and I know a lot of the Dems are saying, oh, you know, lightning doesn't strike twice. And, you know, that was 2016, but this is 2020 and Biden's got better favorables. But, you know, people don't understand, you know, the intensity of Trump's voters is so much higher than Biden's voters. You remember, the majority of Biden's voters aren't voting for Biden. They're voting against Trump. And that's a big difference. So, you know, it doesn't matter. I can poll both of you 100 times. If you don't wake up on Election Day and go out and physically vote, it doesn't matter. So, you know, <laughs> this race is going to come down to who gets more voters out, period. Yep. And, what we're seeing, and what we're seeing from the early voting data is good news, is that the Democrats are worried 
because they didn't think Republicans would have their act together in terms of new voter registrations and obviously uh, absentee and mail-in uh, registrations. All those are definitely, you know, you, you, you have to give them the argument. It is weighted toward Democrats. Yeah. But Republican voters are actually doing the early voting, physically going out and, and voting early, which is a phenomenal occurrence, whether it's COVID or some other reason. That is good news for Republicans because we need to get those voters out. Dan, I want to start with you, my friend. What what, what do you make of what uh, Mr. Gates here is talking about? Well, um, I have never met Mr. Gates, but I'm one of his contributors on his 20 Days project. Thank you. And uh, I did a, a, a show with uh, Catherine Raker, and we did uh, uh, we did three panelists, and I was one of the fortunate enough to be one of the panelists. Um, I, I would like to first of all thank you for joining us today. Um, it's wonderful to talk to you. Uh, <clears throat> I'm looking at um, uh, belief in the American people. I, I look at while Donald Trump in 2016 may have been looked at as a media mogul. In 2020, he's a, a, been a president for four years, and he has an incredible track record of helping millions and millions and millions of Americans. I think that that's not being taken into consideration, and I'd love to have your comments on it, <clears throat> is what I'm hearing from my fellow, my black talk show host people are telling me about where he's fitting in the black community and where he's fitting in the Hispanic community. He's blowing it out of the water compared to what he was in 2016. And would the Democrats know if they don't get 85% of the black vote, they don't win. So what are you seeing about the the blacks and Hispanics as far as their support for Trump and how it's different today than it was in 2016? Yeah, absolutely. Even in 2016, Dan, what we saw is, you know, uh, you know, at that time, Donald Trump's numbers were suggested to be very low, you know, lower than any other candidate, you know, that's run as a Republican you know, nominee. And what we found in the end is that those percentages were much higher than anticipated. And it, and it was twofold. It worked. Uh, it worked in the following way. Donald Trump was able to get more of the black and Latino vote than expected, higher numbers. Yes. But on the flip side, less blacks and Latinos went to vote for Hillary Clinton. So that combined effect had a very powerful impact on Trump's numbers as it came to those two specific demographics. And in 2020, to your point, I've heard more this cycle than I ever did in 2016 about, you know, young black men coming out and, and saying, look, I, I support the president, whether it's for taxes or whether because they think he's done more for the black community than, you know, Biden ever did. You know, whatever the reason, it doesn't matter. The fact that they are actually physically coming out is huge in and of itself, because obviously they're getting, you know, decimated by their, their Democratic friends who can't believe that they're kind of making these statements. But this is where the mainstream media can't, they can't get it right. They're focusing on what they want to focus on. And this is what they did to an extent in 2016. So they're missing the bigger picture. They're missing what real Americans, what other Americans out there are feeling and thinking. And so you're going to have, again, this effect of people going out, blacks, Latinos, any other demographic you pick. And I guarantee you, Trump is going to do better. Same thing with college educated women, you know, in 2016. You know, supposedly Trump wasn't going to do very well because of uh, the, you know, incident with the Billy Bush tape. You know, we did polling right after that and the numbers did not move that much. And so 
I think, you know, we, we, uh, we were listening to mainstream media and they're completely missing it and they're passing that information on. And so people are saying, oh, okay, yeah, you know, Biden's gonna win in a landslide. But then what's gonna happen, and you're gonna see it on election night. Remember, I don't know if you remember in 2016, uh, it was one of my favorite uh, periods of, of time during the night where they kept flashing to the, the Javits Center in New York where Hillary's you know, campaign team were. And you know, it's like this just, you, 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 uh, you know, just kind of constant euphoria. And, mm -hmm. and, and everybody's like, oh, this is great. You know, they got balloons dropping and everything. And it just longer the night went on, you know, you could just see the people's faces. And it was like, uh-oh. And then it just got worse <laughs> and worse. And all of a sudden, you know, and I think that's going to be the same thing. Look, it's not going to be a landslide, you know, even if Biden wins. Uh, let me put it that way. But I, I don't think he, he is. I think if Trump continues to focus on the economy, we get that Republican vote out. Those people go out on Election Day <laughs> earlier to get their vote in. You're going to see a significant impact. And look, even the Democrats admit the numbers have tightened substantially. And they're right. And they're smart for doing that. Because if they go out there and start telling their people it's going to be a landslide, this is kind of code, you know, in the political world. That means voters don't have to go out and vote. They're dissuaded, right? Yeah. They, they, they don't feel the need, if he's already won, to have to take the time and effort to go do that. So that's what they're worried about the most when you, you have headlines like that. So let me, if, Jim, if I might ask uh, our yeah. guest two, yeah. two quick questions. Number one, um, Trump is stronger than Biden on the economy. Now, uh, I've been managing money for 50 years, and my sources tell me that on this Friday, three days before the election, the third quarter GDP will be somewhere between 31 and 35 yeah. percent. Never heard of before. Is that an impact? Huge impact. I my my only contention. I wish that information had come out. You know, about a week or two earlier. Uh, mm -hmm. And I know, and I heard the president one of his rallies uh, over the weekend uh, refer to it for the first time. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a very very important number. Look, if you know anything about presidential politics, the one issue that is kind of just the politics revolves around during a presidential year is the economy. People are going to go into the yep. voting booths and they're going to say. Who is better to handle the economy? Who can help grow the economy? And it's not going to be Biden, and they know it. And, and look, I, I'm sure you guys have had friends, too. I've had friends that say, I love what Trump is doing from a policy point of view. I love what he's doing for the economy. I have a problem with some of his tweets or, you know, what he says. Yeah. But in the end, those people still say it's about the economy. And it really is. And so I think... That is going to be a huge indicator. Um, you know, the last projection I had, yeah, was between 28 and 35. I'm hearing more closer to kind of the 35%, which right. I think is going to be fantastic. I think that's going to immediately send a spark of, of you know, good feeling, good tidings, you know, uh, not just with Republican voters, but with other people that say, you know what, I can vote for this guy again because I do trust him with the economy more than Biden. Uh, and, and I can never trust Biden that much anyway. So l let's pull the trigger and go with Trump. And you're going to see that upswing and it's going to have a significant impact on key battleground states. Okay. The second, second issue was uh, Gallup did a poll two weeks ago asking the famous Ronald Reagan question of Jimmy Carter. Yeah. Ask yourself, when you go into the voting booth, are you better off today than you were four years ago? In the heart of the pandemic, it was 50, I think it was 53 to, to 32 that they were better off. That's got to be extremely telling. The other thing is, um, so polling sources 
have figured out a way to try and find out who the secret Trump voters are by asking this question. <laughs> who, do you th who do you think your neighbors are going to vote for? Donald Trump by a huge number. So those are all anecdotal, but it would seem to me, so my, my, my last question, but I want to ask you, what do you think about the House and the Senate? Yeah, I mean, the House, obviously, foregone conclusion, that'll stay Democrat. Um, you know, the Senate will largely depend on, you know, getting out that vote for the president. I mean, obviously, in a presidential election year, most people are focused on the presidency, not as much as the Senate. Um, so that you have that coattail effect, as, as they call it in politics. So right. I think that's going to be very prevalent, you know, for, for both sides. And I think, you know, based on, on kind of the last, you know, projections I saw, that the, the Senate is going to remain Democrat. They may lose, you know, a seat or two. It'll be close. Um, but again, I think it all comes out to who is going to vote. If we can get the vote out, then I don't think it's going to yeah. be an issue. And I think but, that's but, really, you know, the, the ultimate key. I just want to I, I want to just to correct. See if you want to correct something you said that the Senate is going to remain Democrat. Oh, oh my gosh. Yes. Thank you. The <laughs> Senate will remain Republican. They might lose yes. a seat or two, but it will remain Republican. Yeah. And I, and I think that that's. That shows, in some degree, the wisdom of the American voter. Yeah, the Senate was a stopgap against the Democrats in the House, except for the impeachment. But I think, um, and I'm I'm about to write a commentary on this. I would love to have your opinion. I think if if they lose the White House to Donald Trump, that there is going to be a civil war within the Democratic Party. And it's going to split. You're going to have the radical left is going to divorce itself of the rest of the party. And you're going to see two minority parties, which will no longer be in a position to compete as long as they're two separate parties. What do you think about that? Absolutely agree. I just had a conversation with uh, a Democratic colleague who uh, is worried about that very thing, because what you have is kind of this you know, older generation of Democratic leaders, you know, Joe Biden, right. Bernie Sanders, et cetera. Uh, and, and you have this, you know, just kind of waiting in the wings uh, of, of, you know, a number of, of very liberal, um, you know, members, uh, Democratic leaders yep. that are just salivating at the opportunity to kind of swoop in and take over. And look, you know, they've been very quiet, you know, during the election because they don't want to hurt, you know, Biden's chances. But even at the end, you've seen where, you know, on the on the climate, you know, control on on energy, you know, all kinds of issues that you can see their influence already. And if Biden were elected, I mean, it's going to completely, you know, change it. Even if even if Biden doesn't lose, if he's elected, you're going to have, I think, not as great of a civil war. It'll be a different version of a civil war. But you will have those two sides clashing about how far, you know, left they want to take America, which is all the more important reason to make sure, you know, we elect Donald Trump because that yeah. that's going to be, um, yeah, it's going to be very difficult to stop, you know, moving forward. I mean, we we have got to find Republican candidates that kind of can do what Donald Trump did in terms of, you know, bridging a lot of the the gaps that traditional Republican voters, you know, uh, are, are you know usually akin to. And we need to find ways that we can, you know, bring some of these, um, you know, blue collar Democrats uh, or, or, you know, other groups of, of people in the demographics over to a Republican side. Otherwise, it's going to be very, very difficult to elect a president or, you know, a Republican president moving forward. We've got a uh, great guest with us today. He joins us live here in our broadcast, Rick Gates. And uh, Rick is amazing. He was the uh, 
he is both the deputy campaign manager for President Trump 2016, and also uh, he is uh, just an, an amazing, amazing individual. Well-spoken guy. Yeah. Uh, very articulate. Very articulate. Uh, and, and he's also Appreciate a snappy that. dresser, by the way. I like that suit. <laughs> uh, so IQ Alrizoli is with us as well. IQ, do you have any questions for, for Mr. Gates while we've got him here? considering that I'm a bloody foreigner. If I remember correctly, in 1988, Michael Dukakis was given 17 points above and beyond Bush. Bush won by seven points. Mm -hmm. It was a 24-point reversal. Could this be it again here? I mean, the short is absolutely. I think there's seven days to go uh, in the campaign. Anything can happen. What you're going to see over the course of this seven days is both sides are obviously going to go to the battleground states. But there's going to be one or two states that both sides think they have a, a legitimate shot at winning that is not on you know the normal list, if you will. So as an example, for Republicans, it's uh, Nevada. All right. We have a shot. We think we have yep. a shot at winning Nevada. We didn't win it in 2016. Uh, we think we can win it now. Democrats, of course, are still holding out for Georgia. They think they can then win Georgia. Um, but there are numerous opportunities like this along the way that you find in the last week that can absolutely sway the outcome of the election. And to your point, you there look this is where the polls get it wrong i mean you know you it seems unfathomable that somebody can 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 win from a 17 point deficit uh you know going into the last few weeks of the election and so it tells you that you know the the american voters have a different opinion than a lot of the people that are putting these polls together right and and how they're you know doing the math and the algorithms and all that and this is why look Here's the biggest anomaly in this election, and this is why you know nobody's going to be able to get it right. You know, from the very beginning, we're going to have over 65% turnout. We have not had 65% yeah. voter turnout in over 112 <laughs> years, and some people are predicting as close to 70. Well, guess what? That skews with all the models because all the models have generally been based on 60% or lower because that's been the average turnout. Five percent more of over 160 million people is a lot of votes. So yes. you have all these instances of where they're not going to be able to figure it out. Those people, it's a. I'm sorry. Go ahead, AQ. No, no, no. Go ahead. I'm just going to say that. I'll follow up your point. If you have a larger voter turnout, mm -hmm. it's because people who may not have voted for a long time have decided to come back. And I don't see them coming back for the enthusiasm of Joe Biden to be president. <laughs> no. I, I, I really don't. Uh, I want to ask you a, a question about 2016. Objectively, was the, was, the, was the election of 2016 against Hillary, and so people voted for Trump because they didn't want Hillary, and in, in 2020, are people considering voting against Trump by voting for Biden. Yeah, absolutely. So in 2016, we saw what we're seeing in 2020, and that's there's a lot of soft support uh, in key Democratic enclaves in different states. So you saw it with Hillary, and you see it with Biden. And that, for me, is 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 a, is a kind of the the flag that goes up and says, "Aha, 
See, this is how I know that Trump has, you know, a very, very good shot at it. And, and, and what happens is, is these people, they don't, you know, either come out to vote or they're just they're not yep. enthused. They don't have the intensity. And so it has an impact. So a lot of the Democratic pollsters and even Republican pollsters are counting these people, you know, as, as you know, like, you know, uh, definite voters. And that's not the case. And so you're going to see that. And look, there are absolutely this election. I did an op ed a couple of weeks ago. This, this election is Trump versus Trump. Uh, is yeah. really what it comes down to. I mean, when you look at, you know, Biden was never supposed to get the nomination. I think people are very concerned uh, about him being elected and whether he's going to be fit, you know, to be president. Um, you know, th there's all this protection around him, you know, whether it's censorship of information about him that they don't want out or attempts to, you know, put him in, put him back in the basement you know, for the last week of the campaign uh, and bring out other surrogates like, you know, Barack Obama, which, again, is a very interesting point because, you know, Barack Obama didn't really do a lot for Hillary Clinton in 2016. Uh, it's more about protecting Barack Obama's legacy in his mind than it is about, you know, electing either Hillary or Joe Biden. So I think it's going to be interesting to see what impact that has. But if, if Biden continues to kind of, you know, stay out of the public eye, which honestly is probably the smartest thing their campaign can do, I still think people are going to see that and people are going to know. I mean, this is the problem with pollsters and, and, and mainstream media. They don't believe that the American voter knows what they're doing. That, that, let's be honest. That's really what it comes down to. And, and right. I, look, I have faith in the American voter. The, I, you know, that was one of the greatest things about being on the campaign trail with the president is you get to see everybody outside of the political bubble, the D.C. bubble or wherever, you know, it is. And you get to see like the enthusiasm, the support, why people are, are voting for Trump. You know, I mean, in 2016, we had millions of people that had no interest in the Republican Party whatsoever. They would not vote for anybody in the party, but they would come out and vote for Donald Trump. Some of them first time ever they voted. There, there are people like that out there and they're still out there. And I think that's where you're going to start seeing this big, you know, movement uh, toward, you know, these different types of, of, of voting groups. And as long as we can get that's the key, again, getting the vote out. If we get the vote out, it's going to be a home run for Trump. Do you, how much time do we have, Jim? Uh, we've, we've got a couple more minutes here with Rick and then I know Rick's got to get going. Well, th thank you for the, all the time that you've given us today. Uh, if you, th if you think about, um, what's going on on the democratic party, um, what happens, what, I mean, I, I did the, the evening of the, of the political, of, of the campaign, the, the election with Jim on a, on a special show. And and I was the one who was tracking the votes, and I was I was the one at nine thirty at night called the election for, for Donald Trump before anybody else on any network did because it it just was obvious. But if you think about it from the standpoint of where we're headed as, uh, uh, a country after this is over, and if Mr. Trump wins, and I hope he does, what happens to the mainstream media? Yeah, well, I mean, first of all, it's going to be a lot of finger pointing, a lot of blaming, um, you know, like similar to 2016, although this time they've set it up where, you know, they had the hindsight of what happened in 2016, this cycle. So it's going to be a little different. So I think a lot of people would, you know, basically come out and say, look, I told you it wasn't a surprise. See, Donald Trump, you know, pulled it back from the proverbial political grave again. Um, this time they're prepared, you know, for, for that type of loss because they've seen it and they know it can happen. Uh, and I think that you're going to see obviously a very dejected party. I think you're going to see exactly what you said. The younger generation is going to sweep in. You're going to see kind of this immediate exit of, of people like Biden and others. 
Uh, Pelosi, I think Pelosi will lose the speakership in the House, even though they keep the uh, they keep the House. The Democrats keep the House. So you're going to see kind of a cataclysmic effect on the Democratic Party. And I think it's going to be interesting to see who steps up in the leadership position. Because remember, you know, take somebody like, you know, uh, AOC. I mean, you know, it's not like she has established herself as the Democratic Party leader. People don't want her. They're okay with her, you know, being on the far left and, and, and giving her speeches and, and doing her tweets and all that type of stuff. But, you know, moving forward, People know what it takes to lead a party and, and what happens with that leader from that party. And so I think you're going to see, a, a, to your you know, earlier point, it, it, the best term for it is a civil war. And it will be that because they, they even though they're prepared for it, they'll still be uh, absolutely just blown away that Trump was able to win again. Yeah. Thank you so much for your time. Yes, Thanks Rick. I, I really appreciate it. IQ, do you have a, another final question, short final question here for Rick? I hope when they lose, there will be a lot of committing suicide. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not either. The one thing you find in politics is that we can always move on. Presidents do come and go. Congress <laughs> comes and go. You know, uh, we we have more to live for than than politics. So I think hopefully, but you know, not no from the point of view of Democrats, I promise you, they don't have a live something to live for. Yeah. <laughs> only only Trump knows what it means to live for. I think. Yeah. Well, uh, well, Rick, it has definitely been an honor and a privilege. Thank you, Dan. Thank you, IQ. And uh, Rick, sure. but, but before we let you go, how, how do we get a hold of you uh, on the Internet and uh, buy your book and, and everything else? Absolutely. Thanks very much. So my, my Twitter handle is uh, Rick W. Gates, and uh, it's got the link. You can go to Amazon, uh, Barnes & Noble, you know, all the notable bookstores, um, and, uh, you know, anywhere that, uh, you can basically buy a book online and, and even in stores, although most people aren't going to in stores right now. Um, but, uh, all the usual places, uh, and, and, and it, the link is on my uh, Twitter profile as well. And, and love to, you know, comment and keep up with people as we get closer to election day. Fantastic. Good well, luck. Thank you. Thank you, Rick. Appreciate it, brother. And, uh, thank you, Dan. And thank you to IQ and, uh, Thanks for thanks for watching and joining us today here on our big program. Thanks very much, guys. Have thanks, a good James. Thank you, you guys. And uh, that is that. And we are going to take a brief time out and be back with more. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.